Hey everyone, my name is Mohamed Asadullah and you're listening to the Freelance Canada podcast. Today, more Canadians than ever are starting a freelance business and earning their financial freedom in the process. On this show, I interview Canadian freelancers and industry experts about the latest trends, ideas, and strategies that can help you accelerate the growth of your business. If you've been enjoying the show, please do me a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. On the show today, I'm going to talk to Ramli Chan. Ramli is a growth marketing consultant, host of the Growth Marketing Today podcast, as well as a product-led podcast. He's also the author of the upcoming book, Eureka. In this episode, Ramli and I talk about how Canadian freelancers can build an audience as a way to get new clients. So let's get to it. Feeling good, man. (laughs) Awesome. So as we get into today, how about we get started by understanding what is it that you do? Thanks for having me on. My name is Ramli John, and I'm a growth marketing consultant, really focused on product-led growth businesses and helping them really deliver a better user onboarding experience so that they become lifelong customers. It's such a critical point in for a lot of businesses that first experience is uh, something that you can't really take away, right? And I also host two podcasts. I've been hosting Growth Marketing Today for three and a half years now. And product-led podcast just started like eight, nine months ago. So super keen on that, on uh, podcasting and yeah. And how did you get started in terms of onboarding? I mean, that's so niche. So what was it that drove you to, <laughs> to that specific segment of the whole product experience? Yeah, just there was this, it's such a, I call it the ugly duckling of growth. It's just so ignored often because, you know, people think about focusing on acquisition and getting more users or signups. And then the other side with product is thinking about releasing features. And just my experience with like marketing and leading marketing teams is that it's one of the biggest levers for growth. So you're getting a ton of signups and if they don't not just convert, but like it's a lever for retention. Like we're finding like somebody from HubSpot, his name is Don Wolchok. He did a study where just improving their week one onboarding retention by 15% resulted in like a week 10, a 27% bump into their, not just revenue, but also retention. So mm. it really is like this magic place that people ignore and forget about. <laughs> uh, but personally myself, like that's something I found in some of the client work I've done where no, they ask, hey, Rami, spend some ads, get us more users. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And you guys sign up, you guys are happy. Then I look at their backend and, and they're not experiencing value or they're not even using the product. They're, they're happy they're getting signups. But I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm glad you're happy of my work, but these people are not really like <laughs> sticking around. Like, I think this is a problem that you need to consider. And I feel like a lot of companies are not realizing that's a big problem. But also on my experience, I, I started off as a developer and then got into growth marketing. So it's kind of like this middle ground where I'm tapping into my product development side and also this marketing side that really you know comes together and trying to help people, companies improve their user onboarding. And have you always been doing this on a freelance basis or when did that transition happen? Yeah, it was about a year and a half ago. And I know you've had other people on this podcast where they talk about finding a niche and you know, I was doing growth marketing consulting where 
people want content you got me <laughs> you want keyword research i'll do that you want me to do some facebook social ads sure i'll do mm-hmm. that but just looking at you know joss garofalo that you had on the show Mm-hmm. Val Geisler and other people they're, they're talking about like you, once you find that niche you become you double down you, you know, create space in that and people if they're looking for somebody in that space they find you so yeah that was about a year and a half ago where like I gotta like niche down and narrow down what I'm doing so that I can like first of all save my energy because I'm all over the place but secondly so that people can start you know referring me for this one thing that I can be good at mm-hmm. and I guess I'm trying to think back and seeing, you know, you go from the being a developer to focusing on the user onboarding aspect of it and assuming you were working at a company full-time, but at some point you decided you're going to do this on your own and become self-employed. What drove that change for you? Yeah, I actually quit my job to start a company. <laughs> and of course. <laughs> yeah, I had enough savings. It was not a freelance job. It was this startup, this tech thing moved to Waterloo where like all this text things were happening did that for about a year and it ended up not working out and as a tech co-founder at that point I was building this tech and I made this big mistake of building it and hoping people would come and it's just such a big mistake when I realized hey man like I, I should learn this one piece about building a company that I'm not really good at which is growth and customer development and doing user research. So that's what really triggered me. So I started writing and blogging about it, actually. It's funny enough, like we're talking about building audience. That's how I got my first contract was like, while I was building the startup, I was blogging about lean startup and customer development. And it got to the point where I got invited to speak at the Lean Startup Conference in San Francisco, just based nice. on my blog. I'm like, what What the heck? How did you guys find about <laughs> me? <laughs> like I was I was volunteering for like the, they call it the Lean Startup Machine, where it's like this workshop that people did and wrote a blog. I, I was speaking about it. And that event in San Francisco got me my first consulting gig where like, oh, you two were talking about this. We'd love to get your help about like, you know, customer development and, you know, about content for us. So that's how I got started with, with uh, <laughs> self, being self-employed. It, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be self-employed. It just kind of led there naturally. Right. And so once you had that initial client, was it just like client after client or were you just like, okay, the job is done. Thanks. And then you just went back and continued blogging. What happened? Yeah, I kept blogging and it was, you're right, like it was more referral, like they referred me to somebody else. And then I went back to Toronto and then I started meeting up with folks and those people introduced me to somebody else. That's like been the main way that I've I found gigs is through building an audience like through content or through podcasting. And second is through just mainly referrals and word of mouth. And when did the transition from blogging to podcasting came about? Yeah, it was funny enough, like at that point, I was like lean startup consulting, customer development, and then this whole buzz around growth marketing or growth hacking started <laughs> 2015, 2016. Yep. <laughs> Sean Ellis coined the term and Brian Balfour, mm-hmm. he's the, the VP of growth previously at HubSpot, wrote this post about building a growth machine. It's like, man, this is so cool. I'd really love to learn more about this. And 
for me, one of the best ways that I learned is through just talking to people. And that's what, you know, what's the best way to learn about something than talking to people who are experts at that field. <laughs> so that's, that's essentially what got me started into podcasting. It wasn't to create content. I was doing it for selfish reasons. It's for me to learn about this topic that I don't really know as much about. And I know people who in Toronto that, that knew more about it and really just open up doors to talking to really smart marketing folks. You were in the podcast, you talked about <laughs> positioning and messaging and like those kind of things are things that I just love hearing about and learning about. And throughout all of this, I mean, through the blogging, through the podcasting, was the motivation always that you're going to have this audience and you're going to have all these clients or you're going to be uh, publishing a book or having even more podcasts? I guess what has been the motivation behind all of it? That's so funny you say that. That oh, that <laughs> that was not like that all happened naturally. Like I started this podcast and I think that's the problem with some folks. They build this podcast like, oh, I'm going to, you know, become like Joe Rogan and get bought up by Spotify <laughs> and like become no. this where like I'm like this expert in this field. But it starts off like very, very hard and grinding. And for me, the motivation then it still is my North Star for every episode is, did I learn something new? Did I learn something new about marketing? Did I learn something that I didn't learn about? Mm -hmm. You know, I've had people on the podcast talk about like TikTok, advertising and marketing. I, I don't know TikTok. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like a pre-millennial or whatever or that, that <laughs> age group, but this person was just knows TikTok and they were just talking about that. Like I didn't know positioning as much before I talked to April Dunford. Like that, I really guess my main motivator is, did I learn something new? And the audience and the referrals and the sponsorship, like, and building this, it was, it just happened along the way that surprised, <laughs> surprised me. And you mentioned that it was a grind building that audience. Can you tell me what have been some of those pain points when you've been building or at least getting that audience? Yeah, I think this is a lesson that I learned. And I'm happy that my metric of success or my success North Star was what I learned. Because like very early on, like if anything, and unless you have a big audience already, <laughs> usually when you launch something, it'll start off very slow. Like you're you know, 10 downloads, 15 downloads, or if you're a YouTuber, like 15 views or, <laughs> or 50 views or something, something like you start a blog, you're like, oh man, it's only my mom and myself reading <laughs> this blog. Like that, I think that's the mentality. It's like, dang it. Like it's not getting immediate results. And that's when the grind kicks in and like you start questioning yourself, like, is this worth it? Like, am I building this out? And I saw this analytics company that came out with this YouTube analytics company. I forgot what they're called. But they said that it takes about 151 videos published before you get your first 1,000 subscribers. Wow. So it was like, whoa. Like people don't realize, like if you're publishing one video a week, that's three years. Like that could take 1,000 to 10,000 subscribers. But I think that's the lesson learned is that, you know, it does take a while. But once there's this moment where like things just click and it just, People just start talking about it and it's not something that you can, I don't know if you can growth hack, <laughs> growth hack it, but there's a point where like, yeah, I love, I love, you know, that podcast or I love that YouTube 
show or or I love that blog. It just it just happens that the point where more people know about it that you're less oh damn like how the heck did I get here? <laughs> how, how do these people know me and and mentioning the podcast or this show? I guess as I digest all of this and I'm also reflecting it, it's like, yep, it's like been running Freelance Canada now for, I think it's been three months, I suppose, or something of that sort. And it's just been like, why aren't we at like hundreds of thousands of listeners? <laughs> give, give me the hundred thousand listeners right now. I know there's a lot more freelancers. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I also recognize my strategy behind Freelance Canada is a bit different and it's very intentional in that sense. So that's also good. But going back to you, you mentioned that you started off blogging, you started creating this content, you got invited to a conference at the conference that led you to another gig. At some point, you started growth marketing around 2015-ish or so, and that podcast itself has just been a long grind. How has building all of this audience created opportunities for you? I mean, Getting a gig is one, speaking at a conference is another. What other opportunities have come up since? Yeah, the other big thing that's come up is just meeting people. And I don't want to say it. You know, there's people that you look up to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then you're like, damn, I'm talking to this person one on one. Like for me, it's when I had a chance to talk to, to Ryan Fishkin mm. from Oz, like just one on one for an hour. And just talking to, you know, like Giolotti, I know some of their rates, some of this folks hourly rate is not cheap. Mm-hmm. I think that's really opened up doors. It's just not just that initial point of contact. And this is the one lesson that I learned is that the magic in the podcast is building that relationship with your guests. And really like at that point, like the doors open for you to, you know, ask help from each other or to make intros to each other. Like for example, with Ran, he sent me an email. I was like, hey, Ran, I want to introduce you to this guy. I'm like, what the heck? Ran's asking you to introduce me to this guy. Like, that's nice. not something that you would have if you already have that. And just going back to the opportunities, like, that's actually how I got one of my contracts worth, like, 30 grand Canadian. It's like 10, 15 episodes in. Hmm. One of my guests introduced me to some folks from CXL. And they're like, they're looking for some help here. And I'm like, what the heck? They like reach out to me. <laughs> so like, this is the one thing that I didn't realize would happen with podcasts, especially when an intimate setting that's one-on-one like this, mm-hmm. is that you're actually building like uh, trust and relationship with your guests instead of like, just, you know, like, oh, let's build the listeners. There's this magic that happens on the other side with the audience, with your guests itself, that you're now building this network and trust that, once you release this episode, like people start looking at you as like, oh, Ramley's at the same level as those guests. I'm like, no, I'm not. But that's what they're, that's what they're seeing. So that's just, uh, I didn't realize it would happen is that there's something special about, yeah, being one-on-one for an hour with somebody on call. Right. And what was it about that client that it's just like, hey, we know you've done 15 episodes. We'd love to hire you. How did that come about? Yeah, it was just, it just came naturally like, oh, you have, you know, you have experience in this field. You've done some teaching. We need some help with that. And like just 
when you're having a conversation, it naturally comes about like where they find out what you're doing and what you're about. And they're also trying to form this impression about you. Do I like this guy or not? Because like they're not gonna refer somebody they don't like, right? <laughs> like, oh, this guy's this guy's so annoying. They're not gonna refer that guy. Like they're trying to either trying to figure out like is this guy real? And that's what happened. It was like they I guess they like me enough to refer me to, to them. Hmm. And your personality comes out. Like there's something when you're on Twitter, when you're on LinkedIn, when you're on email, like it's hard to figure out how funny like Muhammad is. Like how I'm hilarious, by the way. <laughs> how his personality is. But when you're on a call, like I hear your voice. Like I hear your reactions and like, yeah, this guy's great. Like this guy tells funny jokes. <laughs> He gets conversation going. So that's really how it started. It's just that that relationship and personality that comes through in the episodes. And when they came to you, were you just like, yeah, I'll charge you $10,000 or what was it? 15, 10? Yeah, they already had some kind of rate in mind. So I was like, what the heck? <laughs> well, shoot. <laughs> shoot, this is uh, one of the biggest contracts that I've had in one shot. But it, it was much smaller than that in the beginning, but it followed like they were happy with the first work and then they came through in another work. Yeah, I'm glad that they gave that number out. I'm not, that's one of my things that I need to work on is nego- negotiation. <laughs> and what's his name? Shoot, I'm losing my mind. This is another copywriter that Just Carfalo works with that like released a course around sales. Mm. and like selling for consultants. But yeah, I'm glad they just gave me a number because I, <laughs> I would have uh, probably sold myself short. Oh, wow. So I suppose now it's been five years. You know, you've been blogging, you've been podcasting, you've got a second podcast now as well too. And then now you also have a book coming out, if I'm allowed to say that or not. Yep. No, it should be already out. I should be already announced by the time this episode comes out. Perfect. Awesome. So all this time that you've been doing it, you know, it's one thing to just show up and keep doing it. And maybe that's all it is that's needed. I suppose, what are some techniques that you've also used over the years to help you grow that audience further? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that's really helped grow this audience is like, I don't want to call it piggybacking or like riding the wave, but whether it's blogging, I've heard, I'm not that big with blogging anymore, but like if one of the things that content writers do is do like an expert roundup where they have experts like give quotes and then from 10 experts then they build it together into one massive post mm. like cxl does this big, a lot like cxl.com yeah. with their blog where they get experts to give like a quote that's really really great because then once it's out like experts want publicity <laughs> that's the thing is like like once you have your name out there you're building your personal brand like you do want to put yourself out there and the other thing with podcasting that makes it natural is that when guests get on the show and they love the episode they share it they share it with the network mm-hmm. they share it through the email like some of my biggest download rates are when you know the guests share it on their email list like when i had hith and shaw on the podcast, Goat Market Today, like he included a link in his newsletter that he sends out every week. Nice. And that newsletter is sent to like, I don't know, like thousands, you, and thousands. And thousands yeah. <laughs> and one of my friends was like, dude, you're on Hit and Shaw's newsletter. I'm like, what the heck? I didn't see it. <laughs> I'm subscribed, but I don't read it like thoroughly. It's like, oh, cool. That did really well. So I think once that's been one of the biggest drivers for audience growth is just how can I tap into other people's network that are bigger than mine and 
really like I'm giving them space to build their to share what they want to share, whether they have a book or a startup. But also at the same time, they're helping me, you know, attach my brand, personal brand <laughs> to whatever they're working on as well. So I think that's been the biggest one is just really asking guests to share it. And yeah. Right. The other thing that's been happening, and this just happened recently, is podcasters do swap episodes where like you come on my show, I come on your show so that you're tapping into other podcast shows experience. Mm. So that's something that I'm, I'm noticing is this like podcast episode swapping is something that I've tried two or three times. I, don't, I haven't seen results yet because it just started. I mean, in a way, is that what we're doing? Would this be episode swapping <laughs> or would this be a bit different? <laughs> because it wasn't planned out that way. No, it wasn't planned out that way. I think it's more like, you know, just something that I can offer. But if there was another freelancing podcast mm. and you were like, hey, I'm Freelance Canada. And then they were like, okay, we're Creative Freelancers Canada. <laughs> then, you know, you can swap episodes where you can talk about creativity on the podcast. Then they can come on your show to talk about how to become a more creative freelancer. Right, right. Yeah, so that's probably more, yeah, structured because like now you're intentionally tapping into each other's audiences to grow the show. I listened to Growth Marketing today. Well, not today, but that's the name of the podcast. But I've been listening to it for, I guess, like, a couple of years now, at least. I mean, the first time we met, it's like, yeah, I, I listened to this episode on the way there and you're just staring at me like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, aside from having peers who are fans of the show, I suppose, is that also part of the mentality that some of the potential clients also come in with when they want to work with you? What's that been like? That's such a good question. And I think that's the magic of, I keep saying magic, but that's the beauty of building that audience is, yeah, like when clients come to me, they're going to Google the heck out of me. <laughs> like they want to know, like, is this guy a scam artist or is he legit? And it's like, oh, he has a podcast about growth marketing and he's doing stuff about growth marketing. It's like, oh, oh dang, like he's had April Dunford and Hidden Shaw and Brent Fishkin. This guy sound, might be legit. It really does help build that credibility around you that you're writing about it, you're talking about it, you're podcasting about the topic. Right, right. And that's one thing. I don't know. I don't have like data to say that it costs more deals easily, but I'm finding if they do have listened to a few episodes and read some of my posts in the past, then it does, the conversation is a lot easier than coming in cold. Like, who are you, Ramley? What do you do? <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> Pro Prove what you do. And that conversation is like, oh, this sounds like an interview versus like, it's more like, how can I help you now that you already know about me and what I do? Right, right. So have you seen a shift in more inbound versus you doing outreach or looking for clients in that sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's inbound, but also a big piece is referrals. I think when people introduce me to other people, and then those people either have heard about the podcast or have, you know, listened to some of the episodes or not, but they're going to, I know they're going to Google me. That's, that's <laughs> the world we live in now. It's like they do the referral, but they've already Googled me in advance and they know like, okay, this is, this is what he does about. But it was really fascinating when we met at that conference and you're like, oh, this guy, hey, Ramley, I listened to this episode. I was like, what? Like for me, it's still a surprise whenever I hear somebody meet somebody face to face for the first time and they say they've heard my podcast or listen to it. It just, you know, that's, I, I don't know if it's me where like, oh man, it hasn't gotten to my head. You know? <laughs> it hasn't gotten to like, yeah, dang, I'm, I'm it. 
I'm Big Shot. I'm Mr. Big, <laughs> Mr. Big Shot. And right. it's still for me like a moment of delight. Whenever I meet somebody who's listened to the podcast and just a few episodes. But yeah, it's been a great ride so far. I suppose as you say all this, to me, it's almost as if your podcast has become your resume in a sense, right? Mm. Where it's like, why would I look at this person's LinkedIn when I can just pretty much look through your website and be like, oh my God, he's interviewed all these people and look at all these episodes for all these years. So obviously this person is a subject matter expert on this specific thing that we need help with. So at that point, they've already been, they've already decided that they want to work with you. It's just a matter of like, I guess, cost or scope, I suppose. Would you say that's right? Yeah, that I never saw it that way. Yeah, that's a very insightful observation that I think the podcast becomes, yeah, the resume. Like you're, especially, and this is something that I've been trying. It's like there are some episodes where maybe you don't do a guest, where it's you talking about a topic. Mm. Where like, that's what I see with Growth TLDR, with Kieran Flanagan, uh, VP of Marketing at HubSpot. And Scott Toosley from HubSpot as well. They have this growth episode uh, podcast where they have guests, but also some episodes is just them talking about like growth tactics where you're really showing your expertise. And it's something that I've tried out with West Bush with the product led podcast. And those episodes have done very well, actually, interestingly enough. Hmm. But I guess it's, you need to get to the point where like you've already built up some audience and then you can release episodes where it's just you talking about a topic. Another one that does it is Kevin Indig. He's like the SEO guy from G2 where he has a podcast called TechBound where he interviews people. Mm. But every week when he doesn't have one, he releases an episode about the latest updates on SEO. Mm. Google's been updating their their stuff a lot lately. And yeah, he just like he's just really talking about like the like almost like a news where like here's the latest <laughs> update about SEO. <laughs> <laughs> and he does videos about that. So I think that's an uh, interesting insight that, yes, it is. And the podcast does become some of your resume where you're really like talking to the experts and now they're seeing you as the expert. Right, right. I mean, it wouldn't be too far off for you to have a growth marketing today and it had actually be a thing that's every day that there's a podcast, uh, <laughs> which is like today, this Shoot. is what's happening in growth marketing. Uh, <laughs> that's so genius. You're right. I feel that's just way too much commitment to yeah. maybe once a month episodes of like a roundup episode of this is what happened in the growth marketing world this month kind of thing. That could be worth experiment perhaps in the new year. I think, yes, I love that. <laughs> I'm going to do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I want to understand, you know, that none of this was intentional for you, but at the same time, now that you've come all this way, how can others that are looking to sort of follow your footsteps or at least learn from your mistakes and successes, how can they go about building an audience for themselves, or at least in your perspective? Yeah, I think the first thing is, I guess, figure out your why you're building the audience in the first place. Hmm. I think the core of it in the beginning is if you do it to, you know, intentionally become the expert in that field. <laughs> Or like build this massive like Joe Rogan podcast or like Tim Ferriss level podcast. 
be prepared to count the cost and the cost is it's time right it's it really does take consistency and a few weeks or a few months to actually start seeing oh uh, that's really making sense mm-hmm. another podcaster i talked to he said that in the very early stage you should make your success metric a qualitative one where like whether it's you know like building new relationship or you know, getting conversation going or getting people to comment on your, your episode, that's a lot better than I need to get a hundred like a thousand downloads in one month or else this is a massive failure. <laughs> or I need I need to get like ten thousand subscribers to my email list or else I am an absolute like loser. <laughs> like that is uh, very harmful and there's this YouTuber that I follow. I think his name is, it starts with, uh, it's Nate, I think, or something like that, where he talks about something called, he, he calls it the three-year rule. And hmm. he learned this from other content creators where it really, when you commit on something, be ready to commit for it for three years. And then before you start calling it a success or a failure in terms of like numbers. Hmm. And I think that's one thing that I've stuck through. It's like I'm three and a half years into this podcast. It took a year and a half before I started like, seeing like quantitative things like you know people sharing it and the, the downloads is going up if i had one advice i think it's be ready <laughs> be ready to count the cost and stick with it and if it's the right channel for your audience whether that's podcasting or blogging at some point it will pick up somebody said once trust the process and the results will follow i think i do agree with that i think it's when you're doing it and then consistently enough where people are like oh dang this guy is actually releasing good conversations and learning a lot of things from this then that's when things will start picking up right i suppose on the same topic there are a lot of people that would be like well i can't be you know i can't build an audience because there's already so many podcasts so many newsletters so many youtubes what would you say to those people? Yeah, that's such just a hard problem. I hear that a lot when everybody's using a podcast these days. But I think there's such an opportunity for you to release your own voice. I think the uniqueness is not the channel or another show, but there's something special about everybody's voice, right? <laughs> like they're, your personality is different from the billions of people out there. And this is a way for you, people to get to know who you are, your your unique ability or unique personality. That's what I would say is that it's just a channel, right? And the magic is you. The magic is, I sound like, a, I sound like Tony Robbins, right? <laughs> but it really is. Like your, your voice is unique to everybody else. And whether you have to figure out what your message is, you go with the punches. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I think that. You know, just be secure in your your own uniqueness and that you have something to bring to the table. And even if you don't feel like it, I think that's, that's something that you need to just believe and go for it. <laughs> I think if you've done your research, like this is a channel where audience wants to be at and five years from now, I want to, you know, be an expert in this field, mm-hmm. then I would just ignore that. That, oh, there's already a thousand beauty makeup shows or marketing shows. There will always be more shows. Like, like when I was coming out, there was already quite a few marketing shows. And I just, I found that space as well. So just go for it. <laughs> you really just go for it. If you've done your research, this is the thing you need to do. Then just do it. And then, you know, in two years or a year, look back and say, 
was that a waste? Was that and if you suck it through, then it's very likely chance that you're gonna say it's it's not. It's been a great experience. Right. I think what I really appreciate there is that you're not looking at the start as a place where I have to be a subject matter expert. You're mm. looking at the journey as me, you know, becoming a master or becoming an expert. Mm. And for a lot of the times, people think that they have to be a subject matter expert in order for them to start, you know, writing or start creating a podcast or a YouTube where you're almost coming at it the other way, where it's like, look, like if you don't know something, this is how you learn, or at least mm. this is an approach you can take to learn, which I think is so refreshing and different. I mean, I don't know if that's intentional for you or not, but I'd love to know how, I guess, how you see it differently. You're such a good you make such insightful observation. You're right. Like, I think that's, that's the second thing I said that. Like, I think that's the thing with these days where, like, we get what we want instantly. Like, we want food, Uber Eats. <laughs> we want YouTube, turn on TV, you know, like, there's this instantaneous gratification that apps and products have given to us. And there are some things that there isn't an app for, like, mm-hmm. like learning. Like, sure, there's an app for learning, but you need to put in the hard work to learn something that's new for you, right? Then there is, you need to put in the hard work to, if you want to be an expert and you know why you want to be an expert in that field, like you know your why to be an expert in, in copywriting or growth marketing or something else, then like, yeah, it does take that hard work and it requires you to, to put in the commitment and the time. So yeah, I'm with you there. That got to look at this as an opportunity for you to, not just a way to build an audience, but for you to the start of a journey, mm-hmm. personal journey, right? Like this is a journey for you to, whether that's, you know, to grow as a person. Like at the end of the day that for me, one of my success is like, you know, have I grown? Have I learned something new? Have I moved forward as a human being? <laughs> have I moved forward <laughs> as a professionally, personally? And if not, then what do I need to do differently? Right. And talking to people is is one of them. It's like connecting with people is a big thing for me as a definition of, of growth and really like learning new things is also a really big thing for me for growth. Love it. Well, Ramli, I think this is a great place for us to wrap up. I'd love to know where people can find out more about you and your work online. Yeah, you can find my podcast at growthtoday.fm for growth marketing today, or you can just look for growth marketing today on the podcast app that you have. Also, if you're interested about learning more about stuff I do for product-led companies, you can go to productlet.com or onboarding teardowns where you do teardowns of, of user onboarding experiences. Oh, oh and also Twitter. <laughs> That's how we connected. Uh, actually, like, actually, you know, we connected on that conference, but yeah. very active on Twitter at Ramley John and LinkedIn as well, Ramley John. Perfect. Well, I'll be sure to include all of those links so people don't have to worry about it. But Ramley, I really appreciate this opportunity to learn from you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me here, Mohammed. Well, that's our show for today. If you like Freelance Canada, then be sure to subscribe to our newsletter by visiting freelancecanada.fm. You'll get access to all of my personal notes, as well as book recommendations about the topics discussed in the episode. Now, You will not find any of this on our website, so be sure to subscribe if you don't want to miss out. As with most podcasts, you can listen to every episode through Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It would mean a lot if you could leave us a five-star review. It would mean even more if you shared our podcast with another freelancer so it can help them in their journey too. Finally, if you're tired of leaving money on the table because you don't know which of your expenses you can write off, then sign up for Benji 
You can start your 90-day free trial by visiting betterwithbenji.com because freelance life is better with Benji. Thanks for listening.